0: You're listening to STEM Essential, an Iowa governor's STEM Advisory Council podcast. Hear from leading advocates and voices about why STEM education is crucial for our world today and tomorrow. Welcome everybody to series two of STEM Essentials, podcasts featuring some of Iowa's and our nation's leading thinkers in STEM. This series is all about STEM jobs of the future. I'm Jeff Weld. I direct the Governor's STEM Advisory Council and Edunomic Development Initiative, where education and economic development merge to improve lives and communities. The people we'll hear from are Edunomic developers. They commingle jobs with learning. Today, featuring David Zarostlik, president of Stellar Industries out of Garner, Iowa. He is also a member of the North Central Regional Advisory Board of the Governor's STEM Advisory Council and a member of the board and former chair of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Thank you for joining us today, Dave.
1: Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm really pleased to be here.
0: Great, let's start with a question about your own personal journey that's brought you to the presidency of a premier Iowa company. What were the most significant influences in your life going back to your school years, if you'd like, all the way through professional advancement, that stand out the most in defining the moments that charted your life path?
1: Well, uh, a little bit about my pe- my past, really goes back to my family. Um, my dad was uh, an entrepreneur from the word go, and he started a business in a, a Quonset building behind our, our house, and I grew up with that. So I grew up around big lathes and parts bins and uh, pulleys and belts, and uh, I was probably underfoot uh, more than he would have liked out there in the shop quite often. And I uh, kind of grew up around that. And uh, I, I remember early in, the, in my life in the 60s, uh, you know, dad liked to tinker. So he thought I should be tinkering too. So he bought me a set of of Legos and uh, Lego blocks. And those were my prized possession as a kid. And, uh, and I passed those on to my children as well. Uh, So those were really got me going as far as thinking how to be creative, how to use my mind to make things. Um, But I was always, I was always working, working for my dad out in the shop uh, after school in the summer. And then uh, in high school, I started, took a different path. I worked for the uh, Erickson Pharmacy here in Garner and uh, worked for as a pharmacist, uh, you know, running errands and whatnot. I thought, well, that's a great career. I think I might like to do that. So uh, my senior year, early in my senior year, I started touring uh, Drake and Iowa and looked to see getting into their pharmacy school. And then uh, an opportunity came up with Rotary International to become an exchange student. And I was fortunate enough to be selected and I went to Australia for a year. And while I was in Australia, I started looking at machinery and, and traveling around and, and visiting with the families I stayed with in Australia, the four families. You know, one was a oil jobber, one was a farmer, and just my, my mechanical background I had, um, gained as a child, I realized when I was off on my own that, well, this is really something other people don't have, uh, growing up, you know, with that and around that my whole life, I thought, well, everybody's this way. Everybody knows how to fix this or fix that or, or has a mechanical mind. And the further away I got from Garner, the more I realized that I had a unique skill that, uh, my dad had endowed upon me and, and encouraged in me through helping him in the shop and also with uh, certain toys that he had provided me with through growing up. So uh, while I was in Australia, uh, there was another Rotary Exchange student from Iowa, and she had already uh, finished a semester at U uh, and I in the business department. She said, "Well, you should get in business." I thought, well, "I went to every school in Iowa looking for." Uh, 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 Education and the one school I didn't visit was U N I. Well, that's where I ended up going, and uh, I got a fantastic education. I was a majoring in in marketing, and then I kind of created my own minor in in industrial processes, where I spent a lot of time in the industrial uh, technology lab, learning how to spin metal, how to do castings, how to you know hone my welding uh, skills, which still are not very good, but I tried, and. Uh, um, From there, I just figured that's that's the direction I want to go. I want to be in business and uh, first job out of college. um, um, After graduate school, um, dad wanted me to come back and join him in his business. And I said, no, you know, I've learned, I've learned a lot from you, but I've also learned a lot in school. I want to make sure that what I've learned in school can be a benefit to somebody else. So I uh, went and worked in a different industry uh, in Wisconsin for about five years. In that time, dad, uh, dad had sold his company, they started with. But I came back and joined him. And uh, we worked together for a few years. And then uh, the new owners uh, displaced my dad. I continued on with for a few years. But then Dad created Stellar Industries with two of his uh, ex-co-workers uh, from, from the previous company here in Garner. And uh, I joined in. Uh, that was in 1990, and then in '92 I joined him here, and have been here ever since. Uh, and really, um, just love being around machinery. It's it's a it's I, I just see uh, so many things in there, and and, and a lot of the the uh, the benefit we have from the employees we have here at, at Stellar are are I think people that have had come of the same background that I have had growing up around the farm, knowing how to fix this or fix that. And those skills are pretty uh, valuable in in working in our facility.
0: It's so interesting that a a foreign exchange experience appears to be highly significant in setting you on a life path that, who knows, had you not taken up that opportunity from Rotary to go to Australia.
1: Yeah, I probably would have ended up being a very mechanically minded uh, pharmacist standing behind the counter somewhere. but.
0: Uh... <laughs> Well, even in your current position, you're quite a, you're a unicorn, you're a hybrid and that here you are an executive with a business credential who is also a tinkerer by nature. I can't imagine there's a lot of those.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's a, it's a great, uh, it's, it's unique to me. And it's a part of uh, what brings me to work every day. I just love being here and walking through and seeing, you know, what are we doing new and it's and the new products, taking a, a product that we've already built, um, and listening to a customer, how he uses it, and seeing how we can make it better, is what just really uh, makes me excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about Stellar Industries. I think I know. I think I've seen your product on the road. I think you have a very iconic presence on on the interstates and highways of Iowa and across the nation, around the world, with these uh, tire repair trucks that we all see helping out truckers and that sort of thing. But there's so much more to Stellar. Tell us about. Products and manufacturing there?
1: Well, there is. When Seller was founded in 1990, uh, it was founded to be the first uh, company in the United States to design and manufacture a hook lift hoist. A hook lift hoist is, goes on the back of a truck and it uses a hydraulic arm to pull a different body up on the truck. So you can have one truck chassis and have different bodies on. So for a municipality it can be a dump body a flatbed a salt spread or whatever all with one truck and that also carries on into the refuse industry for handling larger boxes of demolition debris you see the large uh, drop boxes sitting in someone's driveway that's remodeling their kitchen or whatnot that's our first product and then in 93 we had the opportunity to buy a company in mason city um, uh, that was uh, had just been acquired uh, by another company and they had this division that did tire service trucks. Well, that was kind of dad's, my dad's background. That was where he started with his previous company. So it got us back into that business, that was in 93. And then by 96, we were building our first crane to go along with uh, those tire service trucks. Then in 99, uh, at the at the request of our, some of our distributors, uh, they said, uh, we got into building mechanic service uh, cranes. And that's a crane you'll see on a, a right rear or left rear corner of a, of a service body that goes out in the field and services heavy equipment or, or any kind of equipment that uh, requires repair out in the field. Uh, so we started out with the hook lift, went on to tire service trucks, tire service cranes, and then in mechanic uh, cranes. And the, now we're making mechanic bodies as well um, uh, to serve you know those markets we started out, out with earlier. You'll see some of our tire service trucks. Uh, many of the truck stops across our country have uh, our 904 package uh, that they'll go out and do roadside service with. Many heavy equipment dealers have our service trucks uh, with our cranes that go out and service equipment out in the field. And then internationally, uh, some of the largest uh, tires in the world, you'll see large haul trucks used in mining operations or where there's large, very large uh, amounts of overburden uh, having to be removed for mining operations. Those tires can be 12, 13 feet high. Uh, We make the two largest cranes in the world uh, to handle those, bring those tires off and change those tires and put them back on those trucks. It's an essential piece of equipment that's used all over the world. We have uh, uh, cranes that we ship to uh, China, Russia, Australia, South Africa, Ghana, uh, Mongolia, they're all over the world.
0: Just another treasure and gem of a manufacturing outfit here in Iowa that many probably don't know about. Right there in Garner, although not just Garner, I think you have other manufacturing sites across Iowa?
1: We do, we have two right here in Hancock County. We have one, our main factory is here in Garner. We have another facility in Kanawa, which is 22 miles Southwest from us. Then we have a factory in Hastings, Nebraska as well. In the Hastings facility, we build our, our lube and fuel equipment that uh, gets added on to our, our service trucks as well. Then we have a retail facility in Mason City that we uh, that goes by the name of Stellar Truck and Trailer. Uh, that's a, a retail outlet for the, many of the products we sell here, at, we manufacture here at Stellar Industries, but also we handle uh, other items that are common for commercial trucks at Stellar Truck and Trailer like snow plows and van uh, bodies and things that we don't manufacture here at Stellar, but we provide to the local market.
0: So total number of Iowans who earn a paycheck through Stellar?
1: Right about 500.
0: Impressive. I want to talk about those employees, the topic of the day. Your your presence here uh, for our listeners' benefit is about recruiting and retaining STEM talent. And you certainly have your, your opportunity there with 500 employees uh, to uh, see that those positions are filled. 500 employees, many. I must believe are in the skilled, technical and highly trained realm. Now, considering that our listeners are a very wide swath of Iowans and, and many beyond Iowa, but they're gonna be parents and teachers, business professionals, nonprofit heads, policymakers, likely some students listening. What, what can you tell the listeners about why the topic of recruitment and retention of employee talent, especially in the STEM areas, should be an area of interest for every Iowa, not just those in your walk of life, but everyone, no matter who they are, should care about this idea of talented STEM employees for Iowa manufacturers and other industries.
1: Well, STEM, STEM really just opens the door to a much broader world. Um, having that, that those core STEM talents um, allows any student or any person to come into a company like Stellar Industries or any other company where there's manufacturing or technology, uh, laboratory work. Um, You look at all the research that's being done in Iowa, not just at our company, but other companies across the state where we're doing research into how to better feed the world, how to uh, better harvest equipment, uh, harvest crops, or for us, how to uh, Uh, make sure that the uh, supply chain keeps moving by making sure the transportation systems keep moving and and make sure that we're able to mine those essential metals that keep our economies going. Uh, It takes very talented people to keep those companies running. Mm -hmm. And uh, having a technical background is essential in understanding, you know, what it takes to build those products, design those products, um, and And make sure that we understand how they're going to be used so that the quality is always there to uh, meet the needs of the market that we're we're catering to.
0: Absolutely. So yourself as president of a company, you you carry a profound responsibility. I know you must you obviously feel it. you live it every day. You've got five hundred families depending on you to plan effectively, to somewhat predict the future, to anticipate the future, to be prepared to adapt to an ever-changing external market and competitors and global uh, geopolitics and other things that factor into the success of your business. So I wanna talk with you about current conditions in which Stellar Industries dwells, and, and for that matter, your role on the ABI, where those responsibilities are even far broader, but very similar across ABI members. So first, with regard to the current status, of uh, STEM jobs in Iowa, STEM jobs at Stellar, STEM related careers at other ABI member organizations. What are are you doing at Stellar Industries? What are some of the comparable manufacturing industry um, peers doing to compete for, to prepare, and to hold on to these great STEM technicians and engineers and designers and computer pros and robotic uh, programmers, what are you doing to find them, train them and keep them?
1: Well, it's a huge process. And it's a a joint effort, not just here at Stellar, but as you mentioned, uh, Jeff, ABI plays a big part in that. ABI sponsored a a group that's been in place for a number of years now called Elevate Iowa. Elevate Iowa does many of the same things that we do through the Iowa STEM Council, is to uh, encourage uh, young people to look at careers uh, in STEM-oriented uh, uh, career uh, vocations, uh, whether that be uh, machining, uh, computer uh, programming, uh, welding—all uh, those things that uh, are are have changed so much from from what they were, you know, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you think of a working in a machine shop as a dirty job. Well, today, uh, you walk through our shops and, and people are just amazed how clean and brightly lit they are. And, and, and even our welding shop is air conditioned because we know that uh, we have, we have high tech machinery that needs to have a good quality air. Our technicians, which is our most valuable portion of, of our process, need to have a, a good environment in which they can work in as well. Um, and one thing I failed to mention, too, is at Stellar Industries, we're an ESOP company. So our employees are also owners of the company as well. So that helps, um, especially when we're looking at people that uh, want to look at a career, careers with our company. Uh, they also, uh, being an owner of the company, they also uh, you know, profit uh, with, with our growth and our growth and, and, and profitability. Uh, that carries on to them as individual owners of the company as well. Um, and there's there's quite a few companies that are ESOPs here in Iowa that uh, that share the same uh, values that we have at Stellar Industries as well. But ABI companies, uh, there are quite a few of us uh, are involved in developing uh, STEM students in our local schools, uh, working with our local community colleges. Uh, community colleges play a great a great role too, as far as bringing. Uh, new employees to uh, Stellar Industries and other uh, companies across our state. Uh, here in North Central Iowa, we work with NIAC, and uh, President Steve Schultz is, is the president of NIAC, and he's doing some phenomenal things to uh, increase STEM uh, vocation here in, in North Central Iowa. One new thing that just uh, is, is coming on online here in the next few years is going to be the uh, John V. Hanson Career Center which is being uh, built at Forest City, that's going to be um, really focusing on STEM training for area manufacturers uh, here in in, uh, North Central Iowa uh, as a kind of satellite of the NIAC campus. Uh, That's a a big um, departure from what's been done in the past as far as educating students, but now it's taking the education to the students and to uh, be nearby to the manufacturers too. So uh, apprenticeships can be much easier uh, adopted and, and also with the apprenticeships uh, education being right there and the work being a few miles away, it's a nice tie-in to, uh, uh, for those apprenticeship programs.
0: Very exciting development, thank you. So which, which positions do you struggle most to fill or hold on to?
1: Wow, I'd say right now it's welders is probably the uh, welding technicians are probably the the hardest to come by and the hardest to hold on to because they realize that they have a, a true value to the company and it's a it's a skill um, now for us at stellar we've realized that welders are hard to come by so we've uh, instituted our own welding training school here at the company so anyone that comes to stellar that wants to weld whether they welded previously or they just think that would be a vocation that would be important to them we have a full training program we put people through uh, it's about three days of classroom to understand the science of welding and then two days or more in the lab to actually do some practice welding and uh, then we have um, about five internal weld uh, trainers and what those iwts do is they're the ones that conduct the uh, the schooling and the weld lab testing, but they'll also go out in the shop floor and if uh, say we have a, a relatively new welder or say it's a new product uh, using new metals or maybe uh, the angles are a little different from what the welder is used to doing, they'll they'll work with the welding technician to make sure that that weld that they're playing, laying down is, is proper and appropriate and to the print that's provided by our engineers. Engineers, uh, great topic. Um, we we use a lot of design and manufacturing engineers, Stellar Industries. Um, we've really been blessed uh, with our proximity to Iowa State and the University of Iowa as far as engineers. Uh, we've taken full advantage of the uh, intern programship, internship programs that both those schools use, and we bring in a number of manufacturing and mechanical engineering uh Students every summer, and also some of them will stay on for a semester as well. And you know, uh, you look at our, our engineering core we have here at Stellar, which is probably between manufacturing and mechanical, over 30, and all of them are, are products of Iowa, uh, which I'm very proud to say. Uh, and a lot of those uh, young people have also st- uh, started out as interns in our, in our company as well.
0: Well, way to be very proactive in the cultivation of talent through cooperation with the community college with the universities through your role with the stem council starting them very early Absolutely. in uh, thinking about stem careers and being prepared to go in that direction bravo so let's fast forward then here we are in the present and you guys are managing through these various uh, some internal some external partnerships to keep the pipeline of talent flowing and stem jobs filled and the product chugging out the door. Out a decade from here, or, or maybe three decades from here, out to 2040, 2050, how do you see the the jobs, especially those STEM oriented jobs, changing at Stellar? And uh, how, how do you plan to prepare for, adapt to those changes, whatever they might be?
1: Many of those changes we're seeing today, Jeff. Um, just this last year, we installed uh, three new welding robots. Uh, we, and we also installed a, it's a, uh, the brand name is it called the Selvignini, but it's a, it's a full production line that starts from a sheet of metal, uh, cuts the metal, bends the metal, forms it, and then spits it out at the end without any human hand touching it in between. It takes talented people to program, to operate and to maintain those pieces of equipment. Um, so I see as we get more and more automated in our processes, uh, which is, you know, it's happened over the last uh, couple of decades, but it's really started to increase in the last five years as far as our increase our in increasing the use of automation. I see that continuing going forward. So the people, uh, the, the STEM skills are going to be extremely important in knowing how to code and how to program those equipment. Uh, also, maintaining that equipment is very important, and that's going to take a lot of the people, uh, like mechanical background, uh, electrical skills, um, even computer skills as well, to maintain those equipment because they're all computer driven. Um, so I see uh, the level of training required by our people on the floor is going to just increase um, as we go forward, because equipment uh, it's not it's not uh, Hammer and pick anymore. It's very, uh, very finite tools that are being used uh, all through our operation and not just in fabricating our products, but then, you know, a lot of most of everything we do is mounted onto a truck chassis. Well, trucks are getting more and more complicated as well. Uh, we need to have uh, laptop computers to plug into every truck we put equipment on so we can program the truck to do what it's supposed to do when it interacts with our equipment. And as we start transitioning into uh, zero emission trucks, we're gonna see a whole nother level of technology being used in those trucks. We build a power pack uh, today, we offer a power pack uh, to our customers that allows the uh, air compressor, the crane, and any other auxiliary equipment on that truck to be driven by a a battery pack. uh, So that, you know, unlike, Today, most trucks are the engines idling while those things are operating. With this power pack, there's no emissions given off while the operator is running his equipment. In the future, there'll be no emissions given off when the the driver's even driving to and from the job site. And it's going to take a whole another level of of mechanic, not only here at Stellar, but also out in the the, uh, rest of the world to maintain those pieces of equipment and keep them running. It's a whole different, uh, whole different mindsets going to be required.
0: It's interesting to think that as rapidly as uh, the manufacturing industry is having to evolve and change, it's a hyper-competitive world. I'm I'm sure I'm not telling you anything new, that it keeps everybody on their A-game. You're constantly having to evolve and progress and adapt and find new ways and seek efficiencies. And so the education system isn't under quite the same heat, right? Uh, The question is. The, the pressure that this brings to bear on schools, K-12 and community colleges and universities, it, uh, also needs to be shared. The pressure needs to be shared by the education system. What would, you, uh, what would you recommend to education leaders at the K-12 level, as well as higher education level, to simply do less of X and more of Y, what you're seeing lately, uh, uh, as far as how fast the jobs are changing, What kind of skill sets people need to be coming in with? What would you say to education leaders? Please do less of X, more of Y. Wow,
1: that's a tough one, Jeff. Um, I I can't think of what we would do less of, um, but I know we would do more um, if it'd be possible. Do more uh, like technical skills in, you know, especially with uh, industrial arts. And I know industrial arts have taken a hit over the years in, in a lot of smaller schools, but really, that really um, allows a student with interests like I had with growing up to really explore you know, how far can they go with those, those that interest and turn those interests into a skill that's usable in, in a job um, and it also set the direction for where they want to go with the rest of their life as well, uh, whether it be onto a two year school like like NIAC or DMAC, or onto a four year school to become an engineer or or a technician of some sort, uh, working in a, a much higher level of uh, technology, but uh, that uh, mathematics is, is, of course, key to that. And one thing we haven't talked about is just you know being able to communicate. Uh, communication is so critical um, here in the job or or anywhere, and uh, uh, communication skills, um, especially written and verbal are very important in any business these days.
0: So I'm hearing you you shied away from what you would say do less of, but you're you're saying maintain what's done in K-16 education, but the how you might recommend changing in terms of mathematics, for example, uh, rather than the memorization of uh, algorithms, or in chemistry, the memorization of the periodic table, more of an application and a real life uh, problem-solving approach to education
1: absolutely i could see uh taking those math skills that are learned instead of uh applying to problems that really have not much meaning to a to a student take those math skills and and let's do some coding yeah and and let's program some simple machines to do something um and uh, with 3d printers that's that's an area where you can take that coding design a product and co encode it and then push it over to a 3D printer, now that student can see, you know, what did I just make? And that's that's really what really spurs a, a student onto uh, greater areas of STEM is being able to say, what did I use? What did my intellect allow me to create? And here's the end product. And it's, it's, uh, it's just phenomenal what ability we have today with technology and apply that to uh, create products like new, totally new products of our industry, through 3D printing, through through coding, through, uh, di- through software that we used for creating and testing our designs. It's just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm, I know that it's exciting for young people to make, and you've got a big, giant maker's shop there in Garner and Kanawa that would be exciting places for young people to want to work.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, let's wrap up with this. You've mentioned Elevate Iowa. You mentioned the STEM Council. You mentioned the Forest City Career Center as a NIAC satellite. These are, these are good news uh, uh, programs and opportunities that are helping Iowa out. So let's I want to take the question a little bit more specific to you and invite you to share with our listeners a, a singular thing that uh, you did lately or that you heard or you read somewhere or you saw or it hits you in the middle of the night, something that inspired you about the future uh, for Iowa's employees and employers and manufacturing and STEM. What is it that's given you hope lately?
1: The one thing that uh, really gives me hope for, for uh, expanding STEM training in our area, especially for seller industries and for North Central Iowa, is uh, 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 NIAC you know, going out and, and creating the, uh, the uh, Success Center in Forest City. I think mean, that's a huge step forward for any community college to do something like that, To working in partnership with um, manufacturers in our area, but also the, the high schools in the area too. Uh, here, here uh, GHB High School, Forest City High School, and other area high schools are also partnering with NIAC to make this uh, success center a success. And to me, that's a, that's a big step forward to making sure that STEM is going to be continued to be a critical part of education of our our high school students and uh, and beyond here in our area, um, because we need that we need that here in this area for for to maintain our companies.
0: Absolutely, I have the feeling uh, there's going to be a lot of folks peeking in over there at Forest City to uh, study the model and maybe replicate it around the state.
1: I hope so. I'd love to see that. Love to see more more uh, college, uh, more students from Iowa stay in Iowa working for Iowa companies.
0: I think we have, some, we have some intriguing evidence that we're having that effect, these programs that you mentioned. Future Ready Iowa, the Governor's Initiative on down. Well, Dave Zroslick, President of Stellar Industries and North Central Regional STEM Advisory Board Member, thank you for sharing your compelling vision for STEM jobs of the future with Iowans and our partners across the country.
1: Thank you very much, Jeff. It's been an honor to sit here with you this afternoon and uh, I look forward to carrying on the uh, STEM flag everywhere I go.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much. This has been episode four of our second series for STEM Essentials podcasts featuring the voices of economic innovation, brought to you by the Iowa Governor's STEM Advisory Council. Thank you for listening, and please join me next week to hear from Gabe Glenn, founder and CEO of Make You Safe, who will share his vision for the future of STEM jobs in Iowa and beyond. Today's and all STEM Essentials podcasts are available at iowastem.gov forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to STEM Essential. This podcast is generously co-sponsored by Collins Aerospace and Mid American Energy, proud partners of Iowa STEM Council. To learn more and find resources, please visit Iowastem.gov.